Glory to God. Uh, are you ready to hear the word this morning? Looking at all the things that my team has told me that I'm supposed to do today, and I think I'm on track. So, all right, praise the Lord. Thank God for a good team. Hallelujah. I want to deliver a word to you today entitled Divine Assignments and Instructions. Divine Assignments and Instructions. Would you turn your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, turn your Bibles to the 20th chapter of the book of Numbers. That's right, we're going back to the Old Testament. Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Hallelujah. So turn your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 20. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Those of you who may be visiting or new to us, going, what's that all about? We kind of have a thing around here that when you arrive at the address, you just say, I love the word. It helps me know you got to where we're going. Okay. Um, Numbers chapter 20, starting with verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels! Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Verse 12, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Would you bow your heads with me for a minute? Father, I ask you to anoint me to deliver this word and to do it in a way that is pleasing unto you, but may it be your words and not my words. May it be your thoughts and not my thoughts. Lord, you planted it in my spirit. Help me to deliver it. In that fashion, anoint us to receive it, to hear it, and to believe it. In the name of Jesus, amen. So this entire message can be summed up in one sentence. It's important to follow the instructions that God gives us. Can you say amen? amen. Let's, let's try saying that. Repeat, repeat uh, after me. It's important, it's important to follow the instructions, follow the instructions. that God gives me. Very important. Now, instructions are uh, uh, an integral part of our lives. They're, they're, they're really integrated in every part of our life. We, we, well, some of us maybe read instruction manuals and, and, and others don't. That's why you have extra nuts and bolts left over after you put something together. Uh, uh, or we watch YouTube tutorials to try to figure out how to do something and then we do our best to try to follow those instructions. It, you know, it might be following the instructions of a recipe. Maybe it's following uh, the instructions or the blueprint of putting something together. 
as I was writing this message, this message, I was reminded of a time when I took three guys with me. Uh, let's see, it was Michael I took, and, and, uh, and then Nelson, you came with me, and then Steve Zucker. We went to, uh, up to Gladwin because I was going to buy a, a lathe. And so I wanted them to go with me. It was heavy and everything else. And, and also going to the tool house is like, you know, tool heaven on earth. So uh, we all did. We, we came back to my shop and we began unpacking the, uh, the lathe. And, and I'm a, a, a detail-oriented uh, instruction manual kind of guy. I mean, I mean, I'm so bad at it or good at it, however you want to look at it, that if it has a listing of the number of bolts that are in there, I'll set up all those bolts to make sure that those bolts are there. And then I found out very quickly that Michael was just exactly like I was, because he was with me partnering in setting up all the boats, bolts exactly like they were supposed to go. What I didn't realize is that when I began to miss a bolt, it was because Nelson and Steve bypassed the instructions to just say, well, it must fit right here. They just started putting things together. And uh, I was like a little freaked out because, you know, that's that persnickety side of me. But they did a really good job, and they helped me with the whole thing. And that thing is still holding together after all that time. So, <laughs> but I thought it was kind of cool, the difference that, you know, people can, how people can be quite different. So that was kind of my, uh, one of the stories that will always remain with me about following the instructions. I mean... If a doctor gives you instructions about a medicine that you're taking or how to care for an injury or a sickness, I'm sure you do your very best up to a point to try to follow those instructions as closely as you can follow them in order to get the right results. If something happens in your vehicle and it isn't quite going right, one of the first things that you typically do is reach for the glove compartment to try to find the owner's manual to see if course you need an instruction tutorial to be able to read the owner's manual we understand that but you look for the owner's manual to see if you can figure out where to start and what to do so instructions are a part of our life a very integrated and important part of our life and following them however is another thing altogether can I get a witness from somebody so here in this passage uh, of scripture from the book of numbers we're, we're looking at a, a, a character, uh, and that's Moses. He's the integral part of this story who, whose life really was based on instructions. Pharaoh had, uh, just to give you a little backdrop story, um, Pharaoh had uh, given an edict across the land, land that all the firstborn sons were to be killed. So Moses' mom put baby Moses in a basket, all of you all know this story because you have done this in Sunday school in flannel graphs back in the day. And so uh, she put little Moses in a basket and put him in the Nile River. And uh, I'm sure she was a distraught, broken heart mama as she put her little baby boy in the Nile River and saw him float off uh, until I'm sure she stood there and watched until she couldn't see him anymore. But isn't it interesting that by some strange coincidence, Moses just happened to have the current of the Nile River float him up to uh, Pharaoh's daughter's place, where she was at. 
I mean, how, how many know that when God has a plan, he will do everything that he can to conduct and orchestrate everything, including the current of a great river, to see that his plans come to pass? Can you say amen? So Pharaoh's daughter, she decided, well, I'm going to keep this little baby. And so she keeps the baby, and, but she had a problem, and that was uh, little baby Moses need somebody, needed somebody to to nurse, nurse him, and to raise him up. And there were many midwives in the land in that time, and so um, she, uh, Pharaoh's daughter sent out a servant girl to go find a midwife. And isn't it interesting and some strange coincidence that the midwife that was brought back to Pharaoh's daughter to raise up little Moses was actually his birth mom. Come on, somebody. God's in the details of things. He does things so precisely. How good and how thorough is our God to be interested in the smallest details to work things out in such a way. So Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. And Pharaoh uh, himself loved Moses uh, like a son. As an adult, however, Moses came to find out who he really was. That's a journey for all of us come to a place where we find out who we really are. I mean, he realized uh, as an adult that uh, he was not born of Egyptian royalty, but that he was actually uh, from humble beginnings of a Hebrew slave family. That had to have been a tumultuous time for him to try to reconcile and evaluate everything in his life, if you, if you think about it for a moment. And I think that the life of Moses, to some degree, should resonate with us all. Each of us come to a place in life where we have to discover who we really are, where we ask the question, God, somebody, who am I really? What's my purpose? What was I born to do? And why am I here? We've all been there. And then hopefully we search out the instructions on how to walk out that destiny, and what does that mean, and what do I do next? So Moses came to a point of self-discovery, and I can't imagine that that was an easy time for him. It must have been a confusing time for him. And in his quest uh, to find out, he, um, he began to look for the instructions. His life was all about instructions as royalty of the Egyptian family, well, one day in particular, he ran upon a couple of people that were fighting, and it was an Egyptian that was uh, beating up an Israelite, and then Moses killed the Egyptian. That made him become a fugitive on the run. And I wonder how many of y'all have ever found yourselves on the run? I mean, I don't mean running from the law. Uh, I mean, running from God. Is anybody at all? I mean, I've been there. I ran from God so much. It's crazy. I wonder if you've also ever found yourself running from your destiny, knowing what God has called you to do, but you're hiding out, you're, you're running away from it, uh, or you knew that you were called. I'm speaking about myself. I mean, I knew that I was called. I knew that I had a destiny in life, and I ran from it for about 14 years, and I hid from it. Moses hid on the backside of a mountain. That's where God found him as he was raising his father-in-law's sheep. I hid from it in drugs and alcohol and addictions, but I knew that I knew that I knew that I was called 
and I had a destiny, but I was hiding out, I was running from it, and I needed to get my life back on track with the destiny that God had for me. And in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to also get yourself back on track with the things that God has called you to do. I want you to know that if you have a divine assignment, God will chase you down to present as many possibilities and opportunities that, as he can to get you back on track. I know because I rejected those opportunities time and time and time again. I was even rejecting those opportunities when my wife and I first got together. And I remember one morning she said to me, because we never talked about religion uh, or Christianity or God, but out of the blue one morning she said, I'd like to go to church. And I said, we can't go to church. And she said, well, why can't we go to church? I said, because if we go to church, we're going to have to change our lives. And she said, well, my family went to church, and we never changed our lives. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I was hiding from God even then, going, oh, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. I knew I was called. I knew that if I, whew, I, knew that if I ever went back to church, I was going to have to come out of hiding. Are you hearing me? And so, you know, some of you, there's no doubt in my mind, some of you sitting here today, God's been chasing you down for a long time. And I may not know who you are, but I think you know who you are. And maybe, just maybe, today your destiny can start and you can begin, you can come out of hiding and say, okay, God, I give up, man, I give in. That's what I had to do. I had to give up and I had to give in and just let God lead me on the journey. So in Moses' case, as I just said, God chased him down, found him on the backside of a mountain, uh, tending his father-in-law's sheep. And while he was out there, Moses saw a burning bush. You all have heard this story, and out of curiosity, he decided he was going to get a closer look at this burning bush. So he's standing there looking at this crazy bush that was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed by the fire. It wasn't, there was no smoke. It wasn't being burned up. And I'm sure, I mean, you put yourself in the picture. I'm sure he was mesmerized about what the what. I don't think Moses said what the what back in those days, but that's what I'd have been saying. What the what is going on here? And then out of the blue, a voice comes from the fire that says, Moses. And I mean, I would be peeing my pants. That's all I got to say. That would freak me out, something fierce. God spoke to him. God had, God said to him, said, I got something for you to do. Moses, I have an assignment for you. Moses, listen up. I'm going I'm to give you the instructions on how to accomplish it and actually do the destiny for why you were born to begin with. Moses, your destiny begins today. I want you to... Then here's what God says to him. I want you to go back to the place you left. How many of you would be like, yeah, anything, God, just don't have me do that. right? I want you to go back to the place that you left from, and I want you to go tell that rat Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses, this is why you were born. Moses, this is why your mama put you in a basket and floated you down the river. Moses, this is why I caused the current of the Nile 
to push you up on the doorstep of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses, there's going to be some resistance. There's going to be some obstacles. But I have a plan and I have instructions if you'll only agree to follow them. Well, Pharaoh, you know Pharaoh. I mean, you've heard the story and you've probably watched the movie. And he was a stubborn, hard-hearted, evil man. And he was the first obstacle in the way. you got to know that when God gives you an assignment, there's going to be resistance and there are going to be obstacles. Something will always get in the way. You've experienced it, I know. And the best thing that you and I can do is just lower our heads and press forward and get started on it, even if we don't completely understand it. I got I to gotta believe that this just did not make sense to Moses. I mean, a burning bush, a voice that calls my name, a voice that says, I mean, he had to be in shock. He had to be like, uh, go tell who? Go say what? Go where? But you know what? God had a plan. And praise God, he had the instruction manual on how to get it done as well. Amen? So, you know, you might find yourself in a similar shocking situation, uh, but fear not. I just want to say that to you today because God has a plan for you. He's got the instructions for you in order to accomplish the divine assignment that he's given you. Amen? You just got to get started on that journey. Because he's looking for you to partner with him so that he can give you the divine instructions on how to get her done. I wish somebody to give the Lord a praise in the house of God. Amen. So in this storyline, God miraculously worked things out as Moses started following the instructions. Are you hearing me? God began to miraculously work things out as Moses got started following the divine instruction. Sometimes your miracle is waiting on you to do something. Many times your miracle is waiting for you to begin to obey God and step out and do what God's asked you to do and do it the way he asked you to do it. Maybe your miracle's just in waiting because you're still hiding, saying, God, give me my miracle. Well, Pharaoh, uh, hard-hearted as he was, he eventually released the Israelites. And during their exodus journey, they came up on the Red Sea. And once again, God performed a miracle, causing the Red Sea to part so the children of Israel could walk across it toward their destiny. Their destiny wasn't the Red Sea. Their destiny was the promised land. Can you say promised land? Now, it was actually only a, about an 11-day journey to the promised land, eh, roughly under two weeks. took them 40 years to get there. 40 years to do it a, a less than a two-week journey. Come on, some of us have been waiting way too long on the backside of a mountain to do what God has asked us to do, and I'm just proclaiming to you today, it's time to get started doing what God has asked you to do the way that God has asked you to do it. Can you say amen? So I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a place where you know you have a purpose, you know you have a destiny, but you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're spinning your wheels. You feel like you're going nowhere fast. Uh, I mean, you feel like God's called you to do something, and it just feels like the deck is stacked against you. Everything 
nothing, everything is, is hard and nothing works easily. I mean, it's like you're buying time, just waiting. I'm, I'm, I mean, for 14 years, God chased me and, and wooed me, and I'd lay in the bed at night. Y'all, many of you have heard this, a little bit of a story. I'd lay in bed at night, drunk, high, you name it, and before I passed out or fell off to sleep, I kid you not, every single night I would look up at the ceiling and I would say out loud, I'm not kidding, I would say out loud, please don't come back tonight. Because I was living a life lost and without God in my own idea, not his, because he was after me. He was saying, I got a call and I got a destiny for you if you'll just begin to do things the way I want you to do it. Rick, quit hiding, quit running. It's time for you to get cut loose to do the things that I want you to do. You know what? You and I, we just got to, and, and you know what? Don't sweat the timing. Hey, he called me way back when and ain't nothing happened yet. Uh, maybe it just ain't the right time yet. Don't sweat the timing. Just keep plugging forward. Your journey in life will come to a point where your life path, just as I prayed over Dawson, will eventually intersect with God's destiny for you if you just won't give up. I'm speaking something to somebody today I know in my heart of hearts. So three important things, excuse me, the important thing is to know in your heart that God has given you an assignment. To know in your knower, God has called me. I knew in my knower that God called me. I knew it when Diane that morning looked at me and said, let's go to church. And I'm like, danger, danger, Will Rogers, danger. Not doing that, not doing that. And so, you know, you just keep looking, you keep waiting for the divine instructions. Here's the problem with us. It's not the problem with God. The problem with us is we're impatient. And so we often try to rearrange the instructions. We often try to rearrange the assignment to rearrange it in order to do it differently than God wants us to do it. And I hope to help you with something this morning that will always lead to disappointment. Trying to do God's assignment your way will always lead to disappointment. There may be results, just like we saw in the story we read, but there'll be frustration, there'll be disappointment, and here's the problem, just like we read in the story, there may even be tragedy in your life. And such was the case for Moses. So here we have Moses leading the Israelites, and they are in the wilderness longer than they should have ever been in the wilderness, and now they're starting to grumble. They're starting to whine. They're starting to complain because they're tired, because they're hungry, because they're thirsty. And it got so bad that they started threatening Moses' life and even begging to go back into the slavery of Egypt. We can at least just send us back. This is not working out. Now, let me say this the right way. Being a pastor, I can understand that Pastor Moses was frustrated and angry 
with the people. No, I'm not angry with any of you today. Anyway, I've been there. Come on, I'm going to be honest. I've made you angry. I know that. Come on, it's a family. Can I get a witness from somebody? And so, uh, but, I mean, I'm just thinking Moses. I mean, he's had quite the life. He's sent down the river by his mom. Come on. Uh, he lived in the house and the castle and raised up to a young man under Pharaoh as royalty and then uh, discovered who he was, which probably tilted his life. Come on, put yourself in the story. Quit reading it like a bunch of Bible verses and look at it like it's this movie line going on and put yourself in the scenario. And he kills a dude one day and now he's on the run, hiding. 40 years he hid. 40 years out there in the wilderness. And so he's angry. He's frustrated. Uh, you know, in fact, he goes to God at one point and said, these people you gave me. huh? So he's pretty upset now with God. Uh, and so, but in any case, in the grumbling and the complaining, he and Aaron decided to go into the Holy of Holies, which is where the presence of the Lord was. And they went into the presence of the Lord to inquire of God, what are we to do? God, give us our divine instructions. What are we supposed to do here? Well, let's take a look at it. Numbers chapter 20, this should be up on the screen for you, verses 6 through 9. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock, before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus shall you shall bring water for them out of the rock. In other words, this is the instructions on how to give them water. And give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as God had commanded him. Moses has got to be thinking, oh, God's going to let me beat the snot out of these people with this thing. Huh? But he said, I want you to go speak to the rock. How many know sometimes you got to speak to the rock in your life? You just got to speak to that thing. So God gave Moses very specific instructions. He told Moses, take that staff, you know, the one that I anointed that you've been carrying with you all along, even since I met you on the backside of a mountain, and I want you to go out there to this here rock, and I want you to speak to it. He didn't say, take your staff and go beat the snot out of that rock. No, he said, I want you to speak to it. And like I said, sometimes you got to speak to your situation. you got to speak to your trouble. Amen? So Moses and Aaron, certainly we see they had their divine assignment, and they got their divine instructions on how to do the assignment. And I can only imagine this as well. They probably weren't really even looking forward to going back into that throng of angry people, whining and moaning. It was like going into the lion's den. And in addition to that, it's pretty apparent to me that Moses lost his cool. He had a bad hair moment. Huh? And uh, he lost his cool, and uh, he had a brief anger management issue. Came all over him. It's in verse 10 of chapter 20. So Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. So far, he's, he's, he's followed everything that God told him to do, right? And he said to them, 
Did God ever say to say anything to them? God just said, gather them and then say something to the rock. So he said to them, hear now, you rebels. Huh? Aren't you glad that I'm a little nicer and sweeter than Moses? Huh? He said, hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Put yourself in the story. He is upset. So he resorted to calling his congregation names. And he called them a bunch of rebels. And in his anger, he struck the rock. It's bad enough that he struck it once. But he struck it twice. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 11, then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. Now, here's what I find interesting. He still got results. Because the, the water came out abundantly and the congregation drank and their animals drank, which is exactly, uh, you know, God's going to take care of his people uh, many times and often no matter what the man or woman of God does who's leading those people. Can I get a witness? So Moses, what did he do? He just, hear me, this should resonate with all y'all. Uh, he, just so you know, all y'all is, is plural for y'all, and that means all y'all, okay? So all y'all, you need to understand that we, Moses just did a little rearranging of God's plan. He still did everything God told him to do except for one thing. He just rearranged the plan. Instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock. Everything else he did according to the instructions. And like I said, it's bad enough he hit it once. He went ahead and did it twice. Moses lost his cool. He was angry and he flipped the script. He rearranged God's plans. He rearranged God's instructions to his own liking. I wonder if this resonates with anybody sitting in the room today. Because we have all been there. God never instructed Moses to call his people names. God's divine instruction was you speak to that rock. You talk to that rock. God never told him to hit the rock. He said something God didn't tell him to say, and he did something God didn't tell him to do. He did God's thing his way. And because it was God's thing, he still got some God's results. Because it, was, but because it wasn't God's way, he paid a devastating I wish you all would hear me today. There's a great lesson here. We need to learn to listen to what God says and do what he tells us to say. We need to listen to what God tells us to do and do it in the way that he tells us to do it. We can't let people and circumstances and situations or even our emotions cause us to rearrange God's plan to fit what pleases us the most or what feels the best from us. We have to stay the course. We got to listen to God and we got to do what God tells us to do and we got to do it the way he tells us to do it. Sometimes you may think, well, I rearranged the instructions but still got God results. Good for those who got the results. Bad for you. Are you hearing me, beloved? So there's a great lesson here. You know, it's not like rearranging a living room. You know, I, I don't have nightmares until Diane one day says, I think I want to change the living room around. And I break into cold sweats, man. I'm like, 
oh my gosh. And I'm okay with her rearranging any part of the house that there is, but we have a, a comfort room. It's called the den. It's the downstairs area where the sound system and all the wiring and all the wiring and all the wiring <laughs> and everything else is. And when she says, I think I want to rearrange this room, I just about come out, I was about ready to get a stick and hit her. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but what did I do, baby? Next morning while she's upstairs, I start moving stuff around where I think she might like it. Fortunately, I was doggone close. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like rearranging a living room. There's not a lot of consequences there in moving a few pieces of furniture around to suit what makes you feel best and look be looks best to you. It, you know, that kind of rearranging is fairly inconsequential. It really is. Worked out nice. I still like it. TV's still in front of my chair. And my chair is still right where it was to begin with. That's pretty cool. Amen. Huh? And so uh, there's no, no real consequences in that. But when we rearrange God's plans, when we rearrange his instructions to suit ourselves, the consequences can be devastating. And I'm not using that word flippantly. The consequences can be devastating. We need to learn to respect what God says and tells us to do. And we need, hear me beloved, we need to trust Him enough to obey Him to do it the way He wants us to do it. Because the first thing about not obeying Him is because you don't trust His opinion. You don't trust Him in this situation. There's a, price, there's a price to pay for rearranging God's divine instructions to suit yourself. Such was the case for Moses. There it is in, in uh, chapter 20, verse 12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Aaron paid the price too, which kind of puts you in a precarious position, Chad. <laughs> He's my partner in ministry here. So heaven forbid I decide to do God's things my way and you just happen to be with me at the time. <laughs> He's like, dang, wish you'd have told me that when you interviewed me. <laughs> so Numbers 20, verse 12, look at this. This blows my mind. I'm like, what? Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, because you did not believe me, to hollow me, respect me, reverence me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. In other words, you ain't making it into the promised land. Now, I just stepped back for a minute. And I said, really, God? After everything Moses has been through? After everything that Moses did? to put up with these people and to get these folks into the promised land, uh, the price he paid for doing it his way instead of following the divine instruction was devastating for sure. It was a high price, and it makes me go, come on, it was just one mistake. Come on, God. <coughs> Couldn't you have given him a do-over? Like back when we were kids? I want a do-over. I mean, this is kind of a special situation, God. 
Come on, look at his life. Look at the situation. Come on, you got to give him a break here, God. But God is saying, because you didn't trust me, because you thought you knew better, because you did not honor the divine assignment, because you did not follow the divine instructions, there are consequences. And in Moses' case, beloved, that was devastating consequences. So what Moses did was actually in direct disobedience to God. He rearranged the plan to suit himself. He, he rearranged the plan and the instructions to suit how he felt at the time, and he was angry. He was upset at this group of yahoos who he called rebels, and God held him accountable for it. Wow. I was like, really? Come on, God. Give him a break. Now, that should make us shake in our boots just a little. Amen? So, I mean, I wonder how many times have we done the same thing? How many times have we been certain about what God wants us to do, but it was too inconvenient? It was too hard. The list can go on. How many times have we known what the instructions were, but we thought we knew better on a way to do it than on how God wanted us to do it? Uh, I know that we've all been there, and friends, there is always a price to pay. That's why I tread lightly and and with great trepidation on the things that God, that I believe are things that God tells me to do here as pastor of this church because I'm held accountable as to whether I have decided to do it his way or to do it my way. Because my way is way easier. My way is way more convenient. Huh? And I'm going to follow the assignment, but I'm going to switch up the instructions a little bit and I'm going to get some results because it's still God's plan but I'm going to pay the price. Are you hearing me? How many times? We've all been there. And you need to know that disobedience in any form is a sin. And sin always has a storm that's attached to it. In Moses' case, he didn't get to go into the promised land. God takes him high up on a mountain. I think that's interesting that God found him on the backside of a mountain and he took him high up on a mountain and let him see the promised land. Tease, 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 tease. What? Yeah, you can see it, but you ain't going in. Here, look at this. Now, it does remind me of somebody. This is Black History Month and it reminded me of what Martin Luther King had to say in what was known as his I've Been to the Mountaintop. Speech. It was delivered April 3rd, 1968, which just so happened to be the day before he was assassinated. And he said this, I've been to the mountaintop. Now, you need to know, and maybe you do this, maybe you don't. He was absolutely referencing this scripture when he said these words. I've been to the mountaintop. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know that we will get to the promised land. Can you say Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise in the house of God. So what's the promised land? Oh, it's heaven. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. It's heaven. Maybe it's the place God wants to get you to. Huh? He just wants you to get there the way he wants you to get there, how he wants you to get there, in, in every way according to his instructions and not your own. So the promised land, I believe, is the place that God wants to take us. Hear me this morning, friends. There is a place that God wants to take you, 
if you'll just remain steadfast, if you'll just remain obedient to his plans and to his instructions. I'm not, I don't believe I'm talking to just a select few this morning. I'm talking to all of us, and you need to understand something, including and especially myself. Because listen, God gives me some pretty radical assignments. And I'm often like, you know, I'm a quick mover. And I like to just take off and start doing what God, what I believe God has told me to do. And I, sometimes I haven't waited for the instructions. That means I know what I'm supposed to do, but I haven't been patient enough to wait to find out how he wants me to do it. I think, well, I'm smart enough. I got a great team. We got a great church. We can do this. And God's like, uh, uh, yo, wait for me. Come on. Don't look at me like y'all are holier than thou. You stare at me any longer, I'll just stop preaching and stare right back at you for a minute or two. We've all been there. Come on, somebody. So, if I can have, uh, Joni, I think you're going to come to the piano. and Prayer team, why don't you all come on forward here. We'll, we'll see how God wants us to do this this morning. Sharon and I had a conversation along this line, <laughs> this line just a little while ago. And uh, what, what are we doing? Well, I'm getting ready to give you an opportunity to get, get back on track with the things that you know God's called you to do. Or maybe you know what you've been called to do, but you've been, you've been running ahead of him doing it your way instead of his way. This is a great opportunity. This is an opportunity for you today to switch that up and get back on track to do the things that God wants you to do. Before I get there, and at any time as I'm doing this, these folks are here to pray with you. That's, that's what it's all about. Uh, so at any time as we go through this, this closing, and you feel like, man, I'm going up now. You don't have to wait for me to say, okay, you can come now. But I know the assignment is coming forward, but we need to wait for your instructions, Pastor. No, the instructions are when you feel it, get up from your seat, move your feet, and come let somebody pray with you and, and, and stand with you in faith. So as we get there, I want you to think about a couple of characters in the Bible. Adam and, how about Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve were given instructions on how to do things right from the very beginning of creation. And they chose to rearrange the plans. They chose to rearrange God's instructions and they paid a devastating price that has affected humanity ever since for all ages. Or how about Jonah? Jonah was given a divine assignment and he was given divine instructions, but he made a decision to rearrange the instructions to fit things the way he thought they should go. Surely God has missed this, and because I'm a holy man, I probably have got it figured out better than he does. And I want you to know, he paid a devastating price of being swallowed by some great sea creature. He lived inside of the gut of that creature for three days, only, get this now, only to be vomited up on the very place God told him to go to begin with. Come on. Man, I love God. He is, he is so cool. He has a way of saying, here's the lesson for all humanity, for all time. Praise God. Lord, help us. I don't, want, I don't want to be so resistant to God's plan that metaphorically I get vomited up in the very place he told me to go to begin with. Huh? Those lessons are in the Bible for a reason. So you got Adam and Eve and Jonah. How about Lot's family? 
Remember Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah? Given specific instructions from God, those angels that came and gave specific instructions on how they were to flee Sodom and Gomorrah. And a major part of that instruction was no matter what, don't look back. Keep looking forward. Keep pressing forward. Do not, no matter what, don't look back. But Lot's wife decided to readjust and rearrange the instructions. And so she looked back. And the Bible says that she was turned immediately into a pillar of salt. In all these examples, there's many, many more. There was a high price to pay for not following God's plan and God's instruction. And guess what? I thought about this because I'm a part of this as well. We, I think we all do the same thing. We have, we're well-intentioned. We, we know we've, God's spoken to us about something. And we think we have the right plan, but the plan, it's just a little too difficult. It's too inconvenient. It costs too much. It, it requires me to sacrifice so much. Surely it must be a better way. Give me some time, God, to think this through without you. And we'll come up with a plan to do it in a way that I want to do it and we'll still get your results. God says, sure, we're going to get my results, but you're going to pay. This isn't me standing up here being judgmental. I'm preaching the word of God to you all today. Lord, help us. Help us to follow your plans. Help us to do it your way, God. you know what? Jesus gave us the best example on how to follow Father God's plans and to do it according to Father God's instructions. It's found in Matthew chapter 26. I think this will be up on the screen. Any of you who feel so inclined to come, you are welcome to come and receive prayer or even just to come to the altar and say, God, forgive me for doing it my way. Here's, boy, what a great example from Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus came, Matthew 26, 36. Jesus came to a place called Gethsemane. He said to his disciples, sit here while I go pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowfully and deeply distressed. Jesus, sorrowfully and deeply distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. He said, stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Please, there must be a way to rearrange the plan. There must be a way to rearrange the instructions. But he said, not as I will, but as you will, God. Then he came to his disciples. He found them sleeping. And uh, he said to them, couldn't you watch with me for an hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation, he said. He said, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And then verse 42, and again, a second time, he went away and he prayed. He's saying, Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Jesus showed us what it, what it looks like to make the sacrifice to do things Father God's way. It'll always cost you something. 
it'll, it'll always be difficult. In fact, if it, if it is easy, you might want to go back to the prayer room and say, God, am I doing it my way or you your way? Because this is just way too easy. And aren't you glad that Jesus did it according to God's instructions? Amen. Aren't you glad that, that uh, I mean, I sure am. I'm glad that Jesus said, not my will, Lord, not my way, Lord, but your way, your way. Aren't you glad that he followed the divine plan and the divine instructions? I know that I sure am because he went to an old rugged cross for you and for me and he gave his life for us. He shed his blood for us. He rose from the grave on the third day for us. Aren't you glad? For I sure am. I'm glad he stuck to God's plan and did this the way God wanted him to do it because clearly by what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was under such distress that even his sweat came out like droplets of blood, he was saying, Father God, please, another plan. Can we rearrange this somehow? Please? But he didn't tarry there. He didn't delay. He didn't dally there. He said, okay, 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 okay. Your way, your way, your way, and only your way, God. I'm so glad that he did because he rescued me and I wonder if there's anybody here today who would stay instead of going my own way I want to go God's way if that's you you need to get up out of your seat and you need to move your feet and you need to come up here and you need to either pray here at the altar or you need to let one of these prayer warriors stand with you in prayer I wonder if there's anybody here would, today who would say, instead of doing things my way, I want to do things God's way. You got to start somewhere, folks. You got to start somewhere. Having tried over and over and over again to do it your way, and over and over and over again, you get nothing but negative results. Maybe you're trying to do it your way not God's way. If so, then today is the day you can change that. Today is the day you can change your destiny. It doesn't have to be a devastating outcome. It can be a glorious outcome if you will just give yourself over in submission and obedience to God. I wonder if anybody would come today and say, I have been trying to rearrange God's plans in my life. And I want to shift that right now and I want to do it differently I wonder if there's anybody here today that would say I know that I'm called by God and I know I have a divine assignment much like I did but I've been rearranging it much like I did for years I've been hiding from it much like I did for years and years I ran from God I think I took all the drugs and, and, and forgive me took all the drugs and and slept around all the, like I did and all the alcohol just to hide from what I knew God had for me. If I stayed clouded, I didn't have to deal with what God wanted from me. And there's others. I'm not the only one. God don't put me up here just to you know, pass out, you know, to bloviate and just be a windbag and say stuff. I look back on my life and I, I, my life could have been differently had I listened to God early on. But he used all those things that the devil meant for evil for his good 
so that I could stand here before you today, a witness to say, I've been there, I've done that, and today it changes. God bless you. God's been dealing with this young man for the whole service. And he's dealing with some of y'all. You just need to let go of yourself. You just need to let go of yourself. But I can't, God. It's, it's, it's too hard. I can't, God. It's too inconvenient. It's, it's too costly. I can't, God. I'm embarrassed. I can't, God. Maybe today is the day you stop running from God and you start running with God. Come on. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Praise God. Let me get a sister up here to pray with this one. Come on, y'all. Help me out here. Let's pray for folks. Let's stand and believe. Bless you, dear. Maybe today is just the day you turn to Jesus again. <laughs> Maybe there's somebody here today that you would say, well, okay, cool. Divine assignment. Divine instructions. But I don't even know Jesus. Maybe today's the day you get to know him. Maybe the, today is the day you say, would somebody introduce me to Jesus Christ? Because I want to come to him. You know, I think about the disciple Peter. Jesus met with Peter and he said, Peter, I've been praying for you that your faith should not fail. And then he said this. This was before Peter had uh, denied him and betrayed him. But he said to Peter, when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers. When you have returned to me. He goes on to say a little bit later about Peter after he had denied and gone through everything he had gone through. It says, and Peter turned again unto the Lord. I wonder if there's any to, anybody today that would say, I need to turn to God wouldn't you come now won't you come now this is your opportunity to turn again to the Lord this is your chance to return to the Lord I am not here to try to scare you but don't let it be your last chance God rescued me from so many possible last chances I can't even I could I could just go on and on with the stories where I should I should be dead in the ground long ago God had a plan God used my pride that day to say, can't we go to church? But I had made a promise years before in, in a stupor of drugs and alcohol, depression, suicidal tendencies, the list goes on. God, I will never bring up a child in this environment, in this life. And if I ever have a child, I'll stop. Little Emily was born. I was holding her. She was less than a week old. God reminded me of my promise. That very Sunday, the first Sunday of her life, we went to church. I turned again unto the Lord. I turned back to Jesus, and I've been on the journey to figure out what he wants me to do and how he wants me to do it ever since. Won't you come? Won't you come to Jesus today? I'm praying for you. Jesus.
us all. For our online congregation today, maybe I haven't forgotten about you. Maybe there's some of you that are like, man, you spoke to me today. Man, the Holy Spirit's been ringing me out this whole time. Just turn to Him. Just say the name. He's listening. He's there for you. Give us a call. There should be a number that shows up on the bottom of your screen screen where you can call. I can't guarantee they'll be somebody at the phone, but you leave a message. We're going to get back in touch with you. Or you can go to our website and find a way to email us. It's right there, and you just hit that tab and send us an email. And We want to stand with you in faith, and we want to pray for you. We want to believe with you. It's my desire as pastor to see each and every one of you find God's destiny for your life and for you to have the courage and the strength to step up and just do it in the name of Jesus. If you can believe it and receive it,
today. Would you give the Lord a praise and a shout? Come on, give him a shout because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. Praise God. You guys can go. Thank you, team, and go ahead and continue to pray. That's just fine. I hope that you were blessed today. I hope that you were challenged today. And uh, those of you who may have felt the inclination to answer the call to run to Jesus and just was too scared to do so, chase me down after service and let me know so I can pray with you, stand with you in faith. We're going to do everything we can to help you along the way and help you know what your next step is. I want to encourage this as well. If you came forward today and you were like, I, I you know, I came to accept Christ. I came to start the journey of being a Christian. I would, and, or online. It would just mean everything to me if you were to let me know that. Because I want to I help you know what the next steps are. And to, we have a new believers class that is uh, rotating every four weeks, which gives you an opportunity to discover what God wants you to do in this party. To get your divine assignment with divine instructions on how to get started on this journey. Can you say amen, amen?